You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. your host, Andrew Donaldson. This is Herd Tell. Uh, welcome to Herd Tell. Okay, we're, we're going to go to Huntington, West Virginia, uh, the opioid crisis in West Virginia, a local reporter with the Herald Dispatch in Huntington, West Virginia, Courtney Hessler. How are you, ma'am? Thank you so much for your time today. Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me, Andrew. Let's start bigger picture, though, because these things, what happens is we start talking data and we start talking buzzwords and we start talking stereotypes and everybody kind of loses perspective of what's going on. Tell people who don't know, I've lived and worked there, you're from there. Talk about the people and the city of Huntington and kind of put a human face on it for me. Well, you know, Huntington, your listeners probably know as best, like it's where Marshall University is located, Marshall and it's, it's kind of a saying that is getting old, but uh, Huntington lives and dies with Marshall University. That's the center of it. You know, um, your listeners have probably heard of it from We Are Marshall, the major motion picture. Um, but Huntington was built on the Ohio River. It's an industrial town, or it was, and as uh, those jobs declined, so has our population, and we're kind of um, seeing an effect from that. Um, West Virginia has a history of really hard-hitting jobs, labor jobs, and um, because we work hard, our body hurts more, and because of that, you know, um, we've had to turn to uh, medical help, and that's all started with opioids being prescribed, you know, it, it goes back to the Slackler family and Purdue Pharma and their promotion of opioids. In about 2007, a flood just started is how people are describing it, of opioids being sent into our area. Over a seven year period, seven or eight years, Huntington received uh, about 80 million 
pills from just three opioid distribution companies, uh, Amerisource, Morgan, McKesson, and uh, Cardinal Health. And that rage, the flood just continued to increase until 2012 when the DEA really caught on and, you know, the regulation belts were tightened more and the drastic increase to their legal doctor prescriptions uh, to turn to illicit drugs on the street. And, you know, that was 2012 or 10 years later and we're still suffering. Overdoses continue to rise each year. We did get some headway before the uh, crisis started, the pandemic started, but um, because the pandemic cut off so many connections, personal connections that have been made to get people the help that they needed, uh, that really just caused it to aggravate again. So we're sitting here today and our people are suffering, our people are still dying, and we really just have no end in sight. What was it about this particular area? Because like you said, there was other parts of the country down in the coal fields. I know Oceana was a hot spot for this where you got, I forget, mm-hmm. someone got, you know, you have a town of two, 3,000 people and they had hundreds of thousands of these pills thrown in there. Yeah. Was there a particular reason for this area that ever came out, either in the trial or in the supposition or just in the, some of the reporting y'all have done? Why Huntington? You know, it's a it's a it's a smaller right. size city. You know, is there a specific reason why? I know you went through the background of West Virginia and yeah. some of that comes from kind of the mining and the mill. Pro- there's, there's an old huge steel producing area there between there and neighboring Asheville to right. Kentucky. Um, why Huntington, though? What made this such an epicenter for all of this? it's so multifaceted like it's it's ridiculous you could uh, account for anything but one thing that really stuck out to me in the complaint that the city of Huntington and Cabell County had filed against uh, the opioid firms one line really stuck out to me and I can't remember the specific number but it was about the marketing practices of Purdue Pharma uh, and um, yeah, their uh, marketing consulting company, McKinsley, and it was something like the Huntington and Cabell County area received like, it was like 30 times the amount of marketing that other areas received. So for every dollar that was going into opioid marketing in other communities, in our area, it was like 30 times that. And I really think that that's what it goes back to. So the theory on this was it got kind of interesting and got the national attention. What you've been reporting on for the last few years is Huntington and Cabell County, which Huntington's in Cabell County, it's by far the majority of the population. They decided to kind of do this novel thing where they went out on their own and went to court against the pharmacy companies, the big three pharma, they call them. What was the thought process for there? I know the model was kind of the tobacco settlements of, of years past. But locally, what was the thought process of they going, hey, we're going to go this alone and try this novel approach? Well, you know, for Huntington and Cabell County, I, I've really come to the term like uh, Cabell County and Huntington kind of walked. So the 2,500 plaintiff cities and counties who have joined in similar claims nationally could run. So they were on the forefront. They were one of the first uh, lawsuits that were ever filed. Uh, and I think it, it all comes back to um, a local attorney called, his name's Paul T. Farrell Jr. His dad's a circuit court judge here too. And he just had this notion that 
he was sick of it and he wanted to do something about it. And he might be one of the smartest people that I ever know. Like I, I, I can barely comprehend his mind or his thought processes. It's brilliant, but he was sick of it. He knew his town and his, his hometown was hurting and he wanted to do something to fix it. And we just got lucky enough that he's from here and this is where it, he wanted to start his journey. Yeah. Courtney Hessler from Huntington joining us, a reporter, fine journalist. Make sure you're following her. Her information's on the lower third there. And we're going to link to these pieces in the show notes. Okay. They took it to trial, the big three pharma. Uh, this has been a long, arduous process. There's <laughs> multiple, I don't want to call them side cases, but when you have a case as big, people yeah. join it. Some parts of it have been split off. There's been some uh, judicial review things where they've had to split it off into different cases. But over the 4th of July weekend, we had kind of a big deal ruling that got a lot of attention, might have got lost to some folks because of the holiday. Just walk it through us for a minute, though, because one of the major pieces of what they were shooting for here, uh, the judge basically struck down. Yeah. So last year, uh, Huntington and Cabell County became the first to go to trial in those 2,500 cases or so. Uh, against the distributors in federal court. It lasted all through last summer. It was months long. Um, and every single detail about how the opioid epidemic started and how it got to where it is today was shared. And it ended in the end of July and we hadn't heard anything since. And the judge late 4th of July, he dropped the opinion on it that essentially ruled against the plaintiffs in every single aspect that they had claimed. They claimed that the uh, distributors had blindly just shipped pills in without doing their due diligence to check records, pharmacy records, um, that they promoted this, that they encouraged it. They just turned a blind eye because they were going to be profiting off of it and um the judge just disagreed with them completely he he said you know it's really sad that our state's facing this that the country is facing this but the law the public nuisance law does not protect uh, um us from that we talk about i know the mayor said that when this ruling came out that this was um this was a blow to accountability that's the word he used yes um this is such a big problem, though. I know they want the the fiscal restitution because, you know, obviously that would be a major amount of money. And right. Huntington, unlike some other areas, they actually have infrastructure in place that this money could get put in the right hands immediately, which is often the problem in other places. Like, well, you send them, who do you send the money to? There's nowhere. That's not Huntington. If people watch the documentary, they have the drug courts going. They have the second chance yeah. programs. They could use this money in an effective way because they're a major city. But isn't the bigger piece of that besides the money, um, they just wanted on paper what was done to them. You're there, you're in that community, you've had this affect you on a personal level. It, it, it's part of the West Virginia mythology of those of us that grew up there, we're always kind of the underdogs and the mistreated. Isn't a lot of this just getting it on paper somewhere of like, look, we have to listen to all these pillbilly jokes. This yeah. <laughs> was done to us. This wasn't something we chose and we want it on paper and we want it on the record for posterity. You know, um, you said accountability, and that's a big part of this case. You know, one of the most heartbreaking parts of the trial for me last year was whenever um, they revealed emails from CEOs of these companies who were 
you know, rewriting the Beverly Hillbillies uh, theme song to include Pillbillies about like West Appalachians, like going down the Pillbilly Highway to um, Florida to get prescriptions for pills and and just jokes like that. And to see somebody that's making millions of dollars a year sit there while Appalachians are dying is just heartbreaking for me. You know, you're from here, you know, Appalachians have a long, long history of being exploited. And this is just another blow to that. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, Courtney Hessler joining us. She is from the Herald Dispatch in Huntington, West Virginia, great local reporter talking about the court cases, the opioid crisis, putting a familiar face and name to it. We're going to talk more about that pillbilly thing in just a second. Also, we're going to go through some of the stereotypes. Even though this court case got complicated and they didn't get to find it, there's some really important information that came out in this case. Yeah. We're going to detail that with her. We're going to take a quick break, return, continue with her on her tell right after this. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Uh, welcome back to Herd Tell, an important conversation, one near and dear to my own heart. Uh, y'all know how West Virginia I am. It's right behind me every single episode. I'm actually wearing the shirt today. I apologize to her, though, because she's a Marshall girl. Uh, so, we'll, But, hey, same team for this one. Like, As long as they're not right. playing each other, we, we, we try to pull for each other. 
Um, especially now that Coastal Carolina is going to be up there more often, we'll be doing that. Uh, Courtney Hessler joining us from the Herald Dispatch in Huntington, West Virginia. Great local reporter. Please follow her work. Let's start right back up with that pillbilly thing because when that happened, I wrote about it because that that got me hard. And the way I opened my piece on it was like, okay, I thought I'd heard every West Virginia joke there was. And you got to remember when I went to basic training for the Air Force, they called room to attention to give me my first pair of shoes and all that. And, you know, <laughs> second cousins and it's a toothbrush instead of a teeth. brush. I thought I'd heard it all until this pillbilly thing. Great. Boy, that one cut. Um, was it the same for you when you heard these? And there was a lot more to that. They actually, th- that was not like a one-liner. It was a theme. Uh, break that down and how that was received in the community. Well, um, it was definitely one of my most read stories. That's for sure. I remember I got the email the day before my best friend's wedding and I was the matron of honor. And I'm like, well, well this might be a little bit more important to work on right now, but um it's jokes that we, we kind of make among ourselves, but when someone, a big old CEO is sitting in his office and sending emails back and forth or whatever, it's just like, you can't make jokes like that. You haven't lived the pain and suffering that we have lived. It's not funny. I see, I grew up around opioid abuse um, and mental health issues, and I have PTSD from it that still affects me every day. So hearing and seeing that email is, it's just, it still like irks me to my core today. And I know that the defendants were found not liable in this uh, certain instance, but it's things like that, that are, I just think make the trial so important to have happened still. Yeah. I was talking to our friend, Dr. Keith Humphreys and the way he phrased it um, when it comes to money is the money is essential, but it's not standalone. And when you're talking about the stereotypes, yeah, it's haha, funny stuff. But in this particular case, when you're trying to get funding for things, when you're trying to put a human face on things to raise awareness, to get funding at the federal level and the state level and from the charity folks and all this, those stereotypes are, are it's not an exaggeration. Those stereotypes can kill people. Because it dehumanizes. And once you start dehumanizing now, it's well, it's just an attic laying over there. What do we care? And it's not, no, that's a family member. And these are little, you can talk about this in Huntington, especially people that watch the documentary on the drug courts. An addict is not just hurting themselves. These are bombs that go off in families and communities and cities and principalities that absolutely have a blast radius. And those stereotypes make that blast radius worse. I think it's important to note, too, that these are the voices that were left out of the trial. The judge didn't hear from any um, any personal stories from family or somebody who is suffering from substance use disorder. And I think I'm not sure if that would have changed his opinion any, but these people want their voices to be heard. And in this instance, in, in the settlement with uh, Purdue Pharma that's being worked on right now, it's just continuous that these personal stories are being left out of the courtroom. We understand legally why they have to do things like that. Um, but when you did the reporting on this, when you talked to lawyers, when you talked to the, yeah. the people that have actually been in the courtroom for this thing, were they surprised by this? Was it kind of out of nowhere? Some people are reading into the fact that he did this over the 4th of July weekend because obviously, you know, the publicity yeah. on this was going to be hot. What was the overall reaction from the people, you know, not just the public, the legal people, the folks that actually know how these things go? Well, 
I can't get any of the attorneys to talk to me. <laughs> so um, I think that's because they have confidentiality, um, contracts signed and all that. But I do know that in my discussions with them over the f- last year, they've all been feeling positive about it. They felt like it was going to be a great outcome for them. They weren't sure what the amount of money was going to be, but they really felt like they left it all on the table. Now, I don't think, you know, any good attorney is knows that nothing is for certain. Um, so they had to think that this was a possibility to have happened, but I don't think that any of the attorneys I've talked to um, felt like there was any more that they could have presented to the judge. Yeah, now that's the criminal trial, or excuse me, the civil trial. That's the legal side of this. You brought up something in your tweeting as you were kind of summarizing the last few days as you processed all this. You have to talk about the government side of this. We've talked about the community. We've talked about the legal part of this. Where's the state and local government fall into this? Because again, it's not accidental this happens in West Virginia. What has their role been in this crisis? Well, um, You know, our state attorney general, Patrick Morrissey, has his own cases going. Um, It's so complex, it's really hard to break down into a single podcast, you know, but uh, he had, there's several other cases that were supposed to go to trial. All the state, all, all the cases filed in state court against the distributors was set to go to trial Tuesday. And uh, because of the ruling coming out on the 4th of July, they decided to meet Tuesday and just push back those cases indefinitely. There has been talks that a settlement is in the works, but again, I can't get any of the attorneys to uh, tell me if that's happening or not, so I'd hate to confirm that. But um, in the end, Cabell County and Huntington will still get nothing out of that, but um, it could be a big windfall for the state um, they, they have our attorney general Morrissey is uh, working on setting up a fund through the state legislature that will describe where all this opioid settlement money will uh, have to go in the future. And that way, like back in the 90s, when there was the tobacco settlement that went to it was a, a very large settlement that was supposed to help people uh, stop smoking cigarettes and went to fix roads or infrastructure issues. So at least we have something like this in place that will make sure that the opioid money goes toward actually helping people with substance use disorder and their families. The other part of this was that even though this may not be the successful conclusion to some of these court cases, a lot of folks think the information that has come out of this, yes. there's other uh, defendants and plaintiffs. Yes. There's going to be more cases. We already talked about this has kind of been a, a shattering windshield thing where we chipped it and now there's all these branches going off. Yeah. A lot of the experts studying this think the information that has come out yes. of this is actually going to lead to more going forward. Talk about that for a minute. You talked about it as well. Um, this is not the end. This is more the be- the end of the middle of the beginning, isn't it? Yeah, so there's so much information that came out of this trial that we would have never known if it wouldn't have taken place. And for the Pillbillies emails that we uh, have already talked about, um, just all the details, hearing an expert, I feel like I could have another college degree just by all the information I heard. Um, it It helped me heal too, just from Um, being around this my entire life and hearing, you know, it's not necessarily my, um, I care to be 
determined for her. But also um, the Herald Dispatch, the HD media who owns us, and the Washington Post found out that the DEA keeps a database of all the pills that are being shipped to various places from the time that they're created and um, until the time that you ingest it. And so that data was turned over as part of this lawsuit. And we were able to fight in federal court to get that information released. The Washington Post has a great database of it. If you just uh, Google where did the pills go, Washington Post, you'll be able to find it. But um, we fought for that information to be released. And it really showed the details of the pills that just flooded into our communities. And we wouldn't have been able to find that and get that information to the public without this case. Yeah. Courtney Hessler joining us from Huntington, West Virginia, great local reporter. We'll link to that uh, in the notes as well. So folks can find that. Let's, let's round back to where we started. Um, Again, these things get lost really quick in legal terminology. They get lost quickly in stats and stereotypes and buzzwords. Let's go back to that personal face of this. You've made no bones in your public media and your writing, how personal this gets for you. Uh, Let's not even pretend there's not bias here because there's no way you can't be because you live here. Yes. Um, Start there and kind of round this out that yes, this phase of it's over, but I know it's disappointing. You've talked openly about your disappointment with how that goes. Where does it go from here? Because like you said, Huntington, you know, the the documentary, if people haven't watched it, we'll link to that as well. They've got some innovative stuff going on. They're having funding problems. It's not getting any better, but they seem to be able to at least start figuring out how they're going to fight this going forward. Give us some positives out of kind of this dark tunnel we're in right now. Well, Huntington and Cabell County have a $2.6 billion, that's billion, dollar plan to abate the entire opioid crisis in our community within 15 years, which that seems like a long time, but the plan is so thorough and so well thought out. It's made by all so many different parties in our community that it's exciting to think that we have an answer of how to fix it. We just have to figure out where is that money coming from. And so whenever Huntington and Cabell County filed this lawsuit, it didn't just include the distributors. Huntington and Cabell County were kind of a guinea pig to go to trial against the distributors first and for the rest of the 2,500 or so uh, lawsuits that were filed. And we, we know how that worked out. So now the next step Of course, they're going to appeal this and see what they can do in a higher court, but they still have lawsuits pending against doctors who prescribe the medicine, many of who who have died already. They have lawsuits against uh, manufacturers, uh, pharmacies, and just everyone from the bottom up um, who was involved with starting and fueling this crisis. Yeah. Courtney Hessler, great reporter. Um, let folks know where they can follow you. We're going to have you back on the show real soon with some of your other local reporters. Maybe we can talk some Marshall football when that goes down. Yeah. We're getting a new baseball <laughs> stadium. That'll be kind of cool. Yeah, I'm really uh, excited long, about that. Yeah, long needed. And that that old CSX yard was an eyesore. <laughs> that was oh, kind yeah. of the dead spot when you drove past uh, the football stadium and tried to get the rest of the town. Uh, we'll get you back on. Until we have you yeah. back on the program, though, let folks know where they can follow you. Let them know where they can follow the paper and let them know where they can follow you on social media. Yeah, so I'm uh, really big on Twitter, and you can follow me at Hessler uh, HD on Twitter, or you can follow the newspaper at Herald Dispatch. 
it's pretty simple or heralddispatch.com. Yeah, they do good work. It's a very uh, interesting little corner of the country. Yeah. I enjoyed living there. Uh, Marshall's a great school. We, we give it a little hard time when you, uh, the, the old joke course is WVU was the state school. Marshall was the private school. It's a lot different now. Than right. Yeah. You know, the healthy, friendly, brotherly rivalry. Uh, nothing right. wrong with that. Uh, Courtney Hessler, thank you so much for the time today. I know it's a dark topic. Uh, sometime yeah. when you're writing on something uplifting, let us know. We'll make sure to get you on that and balance it yeah. out. But thank you so much for the time today. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And I can't wait to be back. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.